Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Proverbs 8.11 reads, For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Okay, got it. So where do we find the wisdom we need to lift our value above that of chromium-colored aluminum oxide? Where do we find wisdom to help see us through this slog we call life? Dr. Jennings joins us today via Skype to offer some suggestions. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, we're seeking wisdom today. Where can we find it? And the world seriously needs some wisdom today, I will tell you that. Yes, for sure. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1.20, Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? I will tell you, if you understand God's methods and kingdoms, you will see such foolishness being passed off as wisdom today. What is the basis of all wisdom? It's the knowledge of God himself, which means understanding his character, his methods, the laws upon which he constructed reality to operate, what I call design laws, like the laws of health and the laws of physics, his protocols, his purposes. If you don't understand these things, then you will make foolish decisions. Satan is the father of lies, and the lies are his domain, and this world is his domain. It is the layer of liars is this world. It's the domain of deceivers, the fountain of frauds. That's what we have in this world. And it's a dark hole of deceit where God's kingdom of truth and light is warring against the uh, kingdom of, of lies and falsehood. And so what is wisdom and what is foolishness? Well, you have to be able to understand how reality works. You have to know God's design. But let's give some examples of foolishness of the world yes. being passed off as wisdom. Mm -hmm. Here's some examples. There is no God. We evolved from like slime or something or, or, or lower life forms over billions of years. And this is considered wisdom. It is taught in the universities. You will not get government funding if you were to do research that would, would suggest a intelligent designer God was behind it. Oh, no. So the entire systems of the world, Western world anyway, if you go to a scholarly educational summit of some kind and you were to get up and begin talking about a belief in God, you would be looked at as a fool, as, as uneducated, as, as small-minded because all the wise men of the world know that there is no God. This is the foolishness of the world. And you can see this foolishness around us and it leads to cascading events of what's happening in society. Now I'm going to give you some examples. There's no male or female. Hmm. Gender is just how one feels inside themselves. So X and Y chromosome, XS chromosome, they don't exist. Different genitalia, different muscle density, bone structure, none of that exists. But of course, if you look around the world, every species of the world has male and female. We see it everywhere. The only way to believe this other thing is to turn off your mind, to enter a fantasy. There absolutely is male and female. Now, there certainly may be people who are confused about their gender. Fine. But to suggest that there is no gender, there's no male and female, it's just a construct that you make up, that is foolishness. There's no objective truth. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. Everybody's truth is equally valid. This, again, denies reality. What they've done is they've substituted belief for truth. Mm. Yes, your belief is your belief, 
But not all beliefs are actually true and not all beliefs are actually healthy. I had a patient that believed that cigarette smoke helped her lungs work better. That was her, quote, truth. Well, you know what? She can have that belief and she can call it truth, but it actually isn't true. Cigarette smoke damages your lungs. But this is the foolishness of the world today, letting people think that whatever they believe is just as good as anybody else's belief and calling it truth. Other examples, though, of biblical wisdom now that the world sees as foolishness. I've given three from the world that are clearly foolish, mm-hmm. that the world calls wisdom. Here, here's some from the Bible that many in the world would think is foolish. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is biblical wisdom. This is God's kingdom. This is the kingdom of love. This is how life is built to operate. God is love, and and love gives to others, and he built love right into all aspects of his creation. So when you breathe, every time you breathe, you give away carbon dioxide to the plants, and the plants give oxygen back to you. And the more you give, the more you receive, because every breath you give away carbon dioxide, you receive more oxygen back, and it's never-ending circle of giving upon which life is built. This is how reality works. Every living system works this way. But this is foolishness to the world, the idea that the more I give, the more I'll receive. No, no. The more I hoard, the more I take, the more I I don't give, the more I take away from others. That's how I get rich. That's how I get ahead. That's how I get more. So the wisdom of the world is to take from others and hoard to get ahead. But the wisdom of God is the more you give, the more you receive. Or Jesus said in Luke 17, 33, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will preserve it. Do you know how many people in the world cannot process that? <laughs> that's true. That's that true. that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that that that's not true. In fact, the entire COVID manipulation of society did not understand this. Hmm. No, we all have to be safe. We'll use laws to coerce and threaten and punish other people to keep ourselves safe. We, we don't love others enough to, to risk our lives to bless somebody. We won't let family members go to dying family members in hospice and be with them and comfort yes, them. Oh, no. Yes. No, we have, to, we have to restrict them from doing it. We won't let our senior family members who are in some type of assisted living have visitors. No, we'll isolate them and, and make them alone. Oh, no. This is so corrupt what has happened because it's a violation of how love works. Mm-hmm. Love does not avoid ministering to others simply to protect self. Princess Diana showed all of that to the world when she touched the AIDS patients back before we really knew what AIDS was all about. Mm-hmm. And people were, were shying away and avoiding and isolating and not. She reached out and visited and touched, if you remember. Yes. She showed what love looked like. She risked because we didn't know then what we know now about that disease God's kingdom is the kingdom of love, of other-centeredness, of loving others more than self. Satan's kingdom is the kingdom of fear and selfishness, of survival the fittest, of me first, of kill or be killed. Eternal life is found in surrendering your life to Jesus, dying to fear, dying to selfishness, and trusting your life and your existence into God's hands. This is what it means to be crucified with Christ. It's about surrendering our need to protect ourselves into trust of God. That's what it means. Those who lose their sinful life find a new life of selflessness 
and love and trust and are reborn into the kingdom of God. The world cannot process this. Those who love then go into the room of the sick person and put themselves at risk because they want to minister and lift up someone else. But this this is foolishness to the world. Most Christians don't have a problem acknowledging the wisdom found in the Bible's stories, but sometimes they struggle applying that wisdom to themselves. They can see it cognitively, but then when they're put in the situation, it can be a real struggle. And God, I think, allows these situations because we're not saved by cognitive knowledge or answering questions right on a quiz. Salvation is actually changing the heart. So we have the law of God written in the heart where we have actually been reborn or transformed. So God, I think, allows some of these circumstances to bring us face to face with, hey, I've got a battle with loving others or protecting myself. What's the primary motive in my heart? Another one, Jesus said, do not judge or you too will be judged. From the same way you judge others, it will be judged with you. The same measure you use, you will measure to others. This wisdom goes back to God's discernment of the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, behaviors and deeds, but the Lord looks on the heart. When we judge, we judge behaviors and we judge deeds. God judges the motive of the heart. And I've seen many, many Christians fall into the trap, particularly through political manipulation, where you'll get a piece of data about someone's life where you will not know the circumstances. You'll not know the motives. You'll just hear that this person did this specific action or took this act, and then you are judging them in various ways. This isn't how we are to really approach things. We aren't to judge the acts, and we can't judge the heart because we don't know the heart. We are to, when we make the various judgments, our only righteous judgment that we're supposed to make is judge the fitness for people to fulfill various roles in in capacity in society. You might judge the quality of a mechanic and their ability to work on your car or the outcomes of a certain heart surgeon to do bypass surgery on your mother. You might judge their skill level, but we don't judge the person. We have no idea what kind of person they are, and it's not our role to judge that. And yet many people are constantly attacking the character qualities of others based on some action or deed that they may not even have the whole story. And I think that's a trap we fall into. And the reason that that, that will be judged against you, because it's about your character. When you judge other people, what you're actually doing is revealing your character. And that's why in the end, you will be judged because Jesus said it was by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you'll be judged. So your words reveal your character. That's why it comes back on you because you're showing who you are. My, there's a lot to process there. I have a quick question for you. Did Solomon get Proverbs right? I mean, as you read through Proverbs as a Christian psychiatrist, is he pretty much on track? Is that a good source for us to gain wisdom by reading Proverbs? If you understand it. So when you read the Bible, it's not just the words that are written, it's the meaning that people take. And many people will read the Bible and take a meaning that was never intended. So if you have the right understanding of what was written, yes, it's full of wisdom. There's no question about it. But people can read it with the wrong lenses. Many people read scripture and they have presuppositions and assumptions. One of the most perverse, and it's the deeply entrenched in the world, is that God's law works like human law, a system of rules that require God to punish. And so when they read the Bible, then they will read things about God's wrath as God using his power to inflict something upon people, rather than what Paul wrote in Romans, that the wrath of God is God letting people go to receive what they've chosen when they break his law. So a person who smokes cigarettes, God lets the wrath come upon them by getting lung cancer, not by sending angels to give them lung cancer. 
Gotcha. Okay. So what I hear you saying is that if we understand God's design laws, and if we have a full appreciation for what the character of Christ really is, then we can look at the world, then we can even look at the Bible and get what is truth out of it in much more better way than if we just use the world's version of wisdom and go after these things. Am I right in saying that? Oh, 100%. If you use the world's systems and then go to the scripture, you will misunderstand the scripture gotcha. every time. Gotcha. The, the, the things of the world are foolishness. This is why it requires the Holy Spirit to enlighten our mind. None of us gain godly wisdom just by our own intellectual studies, even of scripture. Only through a heart that opens to the Holy Spirit and asks the Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds to the truth do we actually gain the wisdom of scripture. All right, there it is, seeking wisdom and where to find it. The answer to that is in Jesus, in God, in understanding his character and his design laws. And to help you do that, listener, we have a website, comeandreason.com, and Dr. Jennings has made many resources available for just that purpose, for us to understand God, the way he works, the way he operates, his wisdom is so much more thorough and correct and far-reaching than the wisdom of the world, which is a deterioration of, of that wisdom into the human psyche and the human selfish mindset. So seek God, and there you find wisdom. Comeandreason.com is the website. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us. I appreciate the wisdom you give us every time. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>